On the liturgical calendar, today is Christ the King Sunday. We wear white uh, stoles today for Christ the King. Interesting that the text that we are reading today are about sheep and shepherds, and we might find those images of shepherd and king to be different. We have, in some ways, romanticized the idea of shepherd. It's a very pastoral thing. We see Christmas, and we see the shepherds at the manger, and we, we have nice, wonderful, uh, sentimental thoughts about shepherds. There was an interesting connection in ancient Israel. Shepherd was a metaphor for king, for leader. So there's an interesting dichotomy there, uh, um, um, a little bit of a conflict in our minds. The shepherd metaphor always spoke of leadership. And so we might think of shepherds as lowly, and they were in that society, but there was also this metaphor of kingship that was tied to shepherds. And so we read text on Christ the King Sunday. We play hymns on Christ the King Sunday from Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And what does that mean? Two interesting texts today. I begin with the Matthew text, that famous story of the, of the parable of the sheep and the goats. This is a long text, but I want to read both of these for you today. And then we'll go to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel wrote 800 years before Christ. Um, and yet those words and the, the metaphor and the imagery of Ezekiel's prophecy was certainly in the mind of Christ when he spoke of sheep and shepherd. And so we hear a continuity there. But let me begin with Matthew and the parable of the sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now remember, the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick, and in prison and visited you. And the king will answer, the king will answer, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family. Interesting that the king calls the least of these one of his family, you did it unto me. And then the king will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison, and we did not take care of you? And the king will answer, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. 
and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. 800 years before Jesus spoke this striking parable, Ezekiel was speaking striking words to ancient Israel. For thus says the Lord, I myself will search for the sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among the scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the water courses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. Listen to all these beautiful, melancholy, pastoral things that the shepherd does. There they shall lie down in good grazing, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. All those wonderful romantic things, that sentimental image of a shepherd reaching out to the sheep. And then the shepherd says, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. The fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord, I shall judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and goats. It is not enough for you to feed on the good pasture, but must you tread down with your feet all of that good pasture? When you drink of clear water, must you foul the water for the rest? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden down with your feet and drink what you have fouled with your feet? How are you taking care of the poor, he says. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, the fat cats and everybody else. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide, I will save my flock and they shall no longer be ravaged, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. You have heard the ancient story. Let us listen now for the word of the Lord. When it came time for the offering, the preacher stood up and he said, Now we're going to pass the offering plates, and I don't want to hear no change of jingling. You understand? Don't want to hear no change jingling in them plates. Well, today is our annual commitment Sunday. But, uh, but like everything else in 2020, today's commitment service will be different. We're not going to pass the offering plate, so there won't be any change of jingling. We are going to talk about change, and we'll get back to that monetary kind of change, but for now, 
Let's talk about these two interesting and complimentary texts for a sermon I have entitled Compassion and Change, a stewardship sermon. The text of Matthew is well known. Jesus says, when you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. And the church understands that, at least in theory, we understand that. The guy on the street asking for a handout, that's Jesus. The stranger who comes to the church door down on her luck, who needs a place to stay for the night, food for her children, a bus pass, that's Jesus. When we help and when we do not help, it's Jesus we are leaving stranded in the cold. Now the way I was taught it growing up, it was not my actions that were going to get me into heaven. Salvation was not about good works. You can't earn your way into, into heaven, I've heard many, many times. Only Jesus can do that for you. We are saved by grace alone is what they said. But you know, it's just never that easy with Jesus. He is going to make us at least think about how that kind of theology can let us off the hook too easily. Because he frames this story of the sheep and the goats with all the eschatological drama of righteous reward and eternal punishment. Eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angel, angels. Oh my, we better get this right. Jesus says in this picture of the final judgment, we are judged by what we do, by our actions, by our works. In fact, it is those actual works, care for the poor, the homeless, the needy, the outcast, those in prison, or our neglect of them, that has eternal consequence. Compassion, Jesus makes clear, is the heart of individual faith. For many years, Beth Moore was a darling of the Southern Baptist Convention, Southern Baptist Life. She wrote best-selling books of Bible studies, and she sold out arenas for women's seminars. And then she decided to apply some of the biblical wisdom she had been teaching to the current administration. And to say that Southern Baptist Convention leadership dropped her like a hot cake would be an understatement. In polite talk, Beth Moore quickly made of herself persona non grata, a pariah. Prophetic preaching, you see, will do just that. Now, I don't follow Beth Moore, but recently I have seen a few of her opinions on social media. This week, one of my preacher camp friends forwarded this tweet. If you want a preacher who will only preach what does not defend you, she said, well, you need to find one who doesn't preach the scriptures. And there are plenty out there. Knock yourselves out. From time to time, someone tells me that my preaching is too hard. And more than once, especially in the last four years, I have heard it's too political. I understand those comments, folks. I really, truly understand those comments. 
I just don't know how to read the text we've read today. Depart from me into eternal fire. I don't know how to hear that and sweeten it up, you know? Jesus is hard. This is difficult stuff. And it gets even more difficult when you look at the Ezekiel text, the language of which is behind Jesus' own words. Ezekiel doesn't just say there's judgment where God is concerned. Ezekiel gets much more personal than that. He goes to meddling with the church. Ezekiel's God doesn't separate the sheep from the goats, the good from the bad. You know, all of us righteous ones from the evil ones out there. Ezekiel dares to say that God will separate the sheep from the sheep. The fat sheep, the comfortable sheep. The fat cats from the poor. And if you think Ezekiel, who wrote 2,500 years ago, was not being political, I think you haven't fully understood the biblical text. A professor of religion named Margaret O'Dell, who teaches at St. Olaf College in Minnesota, says of this text, justice and care. Justice and care belong together because the shepherd metaphor was always first and foremost a political metaphor. To be a king was to be a shepherd. Viewed from that perspective, the more surprising element of the shepherd metaphor may be the way it shapes perceptions about the proper exercise of power, political power. And John Holbert, a Methodist minister and professor of preaching, echoes that thought. When Ezekiel calls the leadership of Israel, he too has all the leaders in mind. Priests who spend more time on vestments and liturgical niceties than on asking the basic priestly question, where is Yahweh? Scholars who know more about tenure and promotion than appropriate ways to read and love the biblical text. Kings that is, presidents and prime ministers who gaze longingly at power and pomp rather than show concern for the justice for all the people, and prophets more concerned with success and fame rather than preaching the truths of Yahweh into a world bent on lies. Now, I am sorry when you hear words from this pulpit as too political. I just do not know how to be fair to our scriptures and make it sound any other way. If you think you can listen to Ezekiel and then hear Jesus in that same prophetic tradition critique the power structures of their day and you cannot make the leap and hear a fair comparison, an honest prophetic criticism of what is happening in our nation today, I'm going to say it carefully. I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm not that kind of prophet. But I have to say it, if you cannot honestly hear a biblical critique of the love of money and the shameless abuse of power that is tearing our nation apart, you have not heard the whole biblical text. It is about compassion. Jesus says, you must do for the least of these It's about, it, it is what faith is about. You must reach out 
It must be a part of your personal ethic, our individual contributions. It is what faith is all about, compassion. But individual compassion is not enough. The harder message, but a message that is consistent throughout the Bible, from the prophets in the 8th century before Jesus into the mouth of Jesus, the harder message is the biblical call for social justice. Not just individual rights, catch as catch can. If you're smart enough or lucky enough, you can just watch your portfolio double every seven years. No. There is a call for biblical social justice throughout. Now Rob Bell, the former megachurch pastor, says it in his new book, Everything is spiritual, who we are and what we're doing here. This is what Rob Bell says. The Bible isn't a book about how to get into heaven. It's a library of poems and letters and stories about bringing heaven to earth now. There's very, very little in the Bible about what happens when you die. That's not what the writers were focused on. Their interest again and again is on how this world is arranged. Does everyone have enough? Are the power structures tilted in favor of the vulnerable? Has violence been renounced or is it being kept in circulation? Now some people cannot hear that message or, or they hear it as partisan politics, the sad soapbox of some leftist elites, a politics of envy. I hear it. I hear it again and again and again, the biblical message through and through. Your individual compassion is needed, but it is not enough. There must be change. Georgetown professor and writer Michael Eric Dyson says, visiting a sick kid in the hospital is admirable, but that cannot replace speaking on behalf of black kids who are victims of the failures of the criminal justice system. Social service at times obscures the need for justice by confusing compassion with change. Someone needs you today. Someone needs you today and our world needs a biblical vision individual righteousness and social justice compassion and change which gets us back to those coins rolling around in your pockets you didn't think I was going to let you off that easy today did you those coins rolling around in your pockets are not enough if we are going to be the church God is calling us to be on the corner of Park and Ashcraft, if we are going to continue to offer hearts of compassion and the voice of change, it will take a commitment of all that we are and all that we have, time and talents and money. I am grateful to be one of your pastors. I continue to be inspired by your challenge to me, your challenge to this church, for us to continue to be a truly Baptist voice that is willing to go against the flow, to speak truth to power, to call for change in our world. You can offer compassion, but we must work together to change the structures and the systems of oppression. 
And that change will take more than just what's rolling around in our pockets. May it be so. Amen.